Traveler, welcome to the Nerdy Gig. If you look ahead of you, the scrolling tales about the tales of Disney and how it became the behemoth it is today. You will also find information regarding how to keep a healthy relationship with your food and your travels. Welcome in, Traveler. There's always hope for you here. I've always thought that Google's going to take over the world. But Disney's gonna take over the world. Yeah. Fucking Disney Plus. Holy shit is everywhere and you can't well here's the thing. If you release something and you become a meme or a source of memes, you made it. Disney's already a behemoth, but then they like absorb freaking yeah. Hulu yeah. and ESPN plus. I mean, who the hell it's is gonna stop them? Like prime example is Joker. How long was that movie out before all the memes started coming out? Oh, yeah, I mean the well, memes were out literally the day of. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you if they make memes about you, you you did you did awesome. I mean this and then the freaking... you either did awesome or you did something that you were very passionate about. and No one else gives a crap, and they're making fun of you. Yeah, <laughs> and but hey, still advertising. Yeah, yeah. yeah. advertising. Nope. There is no bad advertising. Is that the uh, saying? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's all about yeah. If you could stir the pot, it's free. It's, it's yeah. free advertising, man. Yeah. There's mean, no such thing as bad publicity. Basically. There, there yeah. you go. But it's like what Nike did was a Kaepernick, yeah. and how everyone got mad about people it, but their sales went up. Heated about that. Yeah. It's oh, so yeah. It, the thing that people don't think realize it is freaking Nike laughed all the way to the bank with that one. Everyone was up in arms and like fighting each other, but Nike is like <laughs> and kind of ran off. No, I'll say the dumbest part about that whole thing that ha- when it happened was the people who took their shoes and burned them. Yeah. Like for you s- everyone out there it's like those shoes are expensive. The cheapest Nike's I've ever bought were $40 and I got Forty dollars shoes, and guess they what? They average about a hundred. Nike just burned them. Nike still took your money. <laughs> exactly. <It's> like, <laughs> that's the thing. You, you did nothing to their business. Nike doesn't care. And in fact, you burning your shoes and posting about it, you basically made a commercial for them. So that's, yeah. that's yeah. less money they need to make. And also, yeah, you, made you money. added more toxins to the atmosphere for the environmental people. Yeah, see, yeah. you're terrible. <laughs> How dare you? The vegans are going to crucify you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but uh, freaking Disney stocks went up too. I'm going to, and I've, I told him I'm not going to, but I'm going to murder one of my buddies. He told me to wait on, hold off on buying stocks. And stock, the shares went from 125 to 100, I think they broke 150. Yeah. So I'll, yeah. They went oh, up. Yeah. Lot. Yeah. And they're going to, they'll probably keep climbing. So I'm going to think of a good time to jump in. Because, I don't know, I've been kind of getting into the stock I'm, market I'm almost thinking, like, yeah. would it be better if you jumped in when they kind of slowed down for a moment rather than continuously uh, keep There's growing? a whole... There, there's there, a... There's, we'll need to bring uh, someone who's into, yeah, into all that. Well, I have a chart up right now. I mean, Walt Disney Company, it dropped two points, and it's kind of declining. But ever since the Disney Plus released, it, it's literally jumped. It's skyrocketed. Yeah. And Verizon, that's why Verizon has that deal because they have stocks with Disney. So that partnership, it's just money on money. So they're literally laughing their way to the bank. Dude. And then just bo- uh, bunching up Hulu and fucking ESPN together. Dude. And that's why Noel and I are sitting here going like, God damn it, we should have invested when it was still cheaper. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's, I'm pretty sure I'll eventually jump on board yeah. with that one. It's also funny that Mind Pump called it like months and months ago. Wait a minute. Hey, hey, here, here's the thing though. Netflix is like, yo... We'll pull. We'll do something too, and they're gonna team up with Nickelodeon. Are you kidding me? Yeah, they, I don't think people realize how big that is. What was that analogy that you told me just a while ago about Disney and being like Majin Buu? Yeah, Dis- <laughs> just absorbing Dis- everything. Disney's like Majin Buu, and is and is pulling in everybody. And then you've got uh, then I think Netflix is Goku. You know, it's gonna 
pull out Super Saiyan 3, which is the, the spinoff of Squidward. Yeah. <laughs> oh, 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 here's the thing. People don't realize how big this is. So, yes, Disney's huge and all this and has all this stuff. But Nickelodeon, that's like the secret bomb that like nobody knows about. SpongeBob is huge. SpongeBob it's taken over the internet. All the memes, the like, best memes that are out memes? there. <laughs> oh, yeah. SpongeBob is the grandfather of memes. Yeah, I was say, like, thinking of all the memes that you've seen, how many ha- have something to do with SpongeBob, or it's SpongeBob doing something? That exactly. It's, so now, basically, SpongeBob memes are going to become free advertising for Netflix. So yeah. hey, you, we're kicking ourselves for not investing in Disney. We're investing in Netflix. I think yeah. Netflix is going to save itself with this very, very, very brilliant, 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 brilliant move. Keep in mind to everyone listening, we are not experts. Yes, yeah, so if you spend if you spend all ass. your life savings on those, uh, first off, you're an idiot, and it's not our fault. <laughs> and it's not <laughs> our fault. So don't come after us. Noel and I are personal trainers. We're not. Disclaimer: We are people. not financial advisors. <laughs> don't spend money on stupid shit. Exactly. Well, speaking of Netflix, <laughs> did you guys finally see Game Changers? Uh, that that documentary i almost ran my head through a wall with frustration that okay so first off i'm gonna say brilliant 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 and well written it okay as a documentary and regardless of what it was talking about it was very well done yeah i mean any anybody so if you're not educated in the stuff and you watch it you will come to me and saying noel you're an idiot for not promoting veganism what are you thinking if you're not well versed in this field, or it's like, very, why are you not a vegan? No you will be very easily manipulated by. It. They did a good job at that. And if you think about it, I mean, vegan is it's along the same lines as keto at this point. It's brilliant and strategic marketing. Like, yeah, there was a bunch of little things they did in that movie. I mean, that documentary, like they used plant based instead of veganism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they kept using so that. They, they used good rhetoric, and then the other thing was they used just the right amount of the science. To where really only the the only ones who would really be able to poke holes in their arguments are the ones who know the scientific method, are very logically minded, and can see like there's a discrepancy here. Or those who took uh, something along the lines like philosophy, critical thinking, or they learned how to make arguments, then how to tear arguments apart. And that's where you, those people see the issues in the reasoning. Well, people got to be able to take a step back and see, okay, what are they trying to accomplish with this? They're trying to get you to be, you know, go more toward that vegan lifestyle. Why? And always money talks, man. I mean, to dump a bunch of money into a documentary and not hope you get a lot in return. Yeah, that's a big risk. Yeah. yeah. But when you're James Cameron, the executive, you know, producer of Avatar, Titanic, and now this guy, and you've got money, you know, on your mind. And this guy is the CEO of Variant Foods. So that's a it's a vegan supplement line whose goal is to become the biggest pea protein facility in North America. <laughs> in which case, it's like your credibility just went out the window with that documentary, in my opinion, just because, yeah, he wants you to go vegan. Yeah, I mean, not only... So he's going to sway a lot of people, or there's just this giant agenda thing going on. But, uh, I mean, veganism is exploding right now. And just throwing this out there, guys... We're talking about investing and stuff. Right now is a great time to invest in companies like Impossible Burger and Beyond Meat and all those because uh, it's it's going a, to it's get like a bigger. four billion dollar industry. Veganism yeah. is huge. There's a lot of money to be made there. I mean, yeah, not that it matters. You know, this document has absolutely nothing to do with that and is not interested in it at all. Well, then the it goes on with James Wilkes, the narrator. This is the guy that kind of the know, fighter who like broke his legs. Yeah, doing MMA or well, I don't even know I what think the injury it was, was MMA. Yeah, it was some some injury. Anyways, he 
I, and I shouldn't have, you know, I just thought about it, but he spent a thousand, a thousand hours researching, eight hours a day. Did a, he spent a thousand hours researching? And if you think about it, that's eight hours a day for 125 of the 180 days. So this dude literally turned that into his job. Well, then think yeah, about that's insane. Lane Norton had a little video talking about his thoughts on the documentary and the science, and he was pointing out all the flaws in it. But he also, like you did, like a thousand hours of research, and Lane Norton sat there and was like, he should have just gotten a doctor's because that's about the same amount of time like hour wise that it takes yeah, yeah. Of solid just research it's just giant time investments like that it's like dude what god well, damn it here's the thing is um i'm pretty sure that's a load of crap because i spent three hours uh you know doing research on countering this you know this mm-hmm. whole this documentary so a thousand hours i'm sure he wouldn't if he really spent that much time researching all this he would have found out is a lot of bs behind you know, everything that he's claiming throughout this. Yeah. Or there's that bit, like for me, I spend on average maybe one to three hours researching stuff for strength and conditioning of where I want to go trying to learn more. And I have to take breaks in between just because information overload. Yeah. If, yeah. You, if you're really researching for eight hours a day, that's crap. Anyways, we're, we're nitpicking, I think, yeah. uh, that, that part. Just... It's bullshit. We're hitting the dusty old trail. <laughs> well, um, hyperbole is what was used in that statement. Well, then they kick off this whole, you know, reasoning that it's good for you with the gladiator, the gladiator study. This study, you know, claims that they, you know, were plant-based fighters, and so therefore we should be gladiators. We need to go vegan, and we'll be just like them. And they say nothing for the fact, again, what Lay Norton pointed out, that back then they didn't have a diet because they thought it was better it was whatever was at on hand and the gladiators that they looked at were from an area where plants were more common or easier to eat but then you go over to one of the other cities and they ate mainly fish well, well here's the, in the ocean here's the thing that's that's not even like that we're talking if i'm here's the thing is this study was actually just an article and the article itself states that they ate high carbs it doesn't say anything about that they didn't eat meat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, believe it or not, we humans are omnivores, meaning we can eat both. In mm-hmm. fact, you know, any people out there didn't know that this documentary doesn't know that. Um, they prove that so they prove that gladiators are vegetarians by using stronium testing flames. Stronium is a mineral that's really, really high in plants. So if you put a bone graph over it and it's a red flame, they're vegetarian. If it's a blue flame, they're carnivores. And so they test it, red flame, voila, they're automatically vegans. And so I'm there saying, what Nothing if that what, they just may eat that much? Yeah, exactly. Like, what if they tested an omnivore's uh, bone that had a lot of, you know, plants in this diet? I mean, obviously, it'd be the same color. So I'm going to discredit that. And then they do really good with the athletes, man. They- so the thing about the athletes is that. The, the one that really bugged the crap out of me, to be completely honest, was the Diaz and... Nate Diaz. Uh, Conor McGregor. And McGregor. Of, yeah. <laughs> the diet did not affect it. They, they tried saying that because McGregor ate two steaks, he lost. <laughs> no. No, 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 no. When you go into a sport like UFC, or like MMA and UFC, there's a lot of fucking technique behind how to win and how to lose. Yes. For example... As everyone has said, I'm not that big into UFC, but I know this much, is McGregor, great fighter, but he's more of a standing up 
uh, punching, striking kind of fighter. He's a brawler, basically. Yeah. Diaz is he had a background in ju- Brazilian jiu-jitsu. That is grappling. Yes. And I saw the footage where McGregor shot on Diaz. Yeah. Which, for those who do not know the terminology, wrestlers use it. It's pretty much when you try to take someone down to the ground. So McGregor t- went from where he was, where he was winning, and then he tried to go into where Diaz is comfortable. And yeah, he got his ass whooped. Yeah, well, I mean... That's why. It wasn't because Diaz is a vegan and McGregor ate two steaks. Well, McGregor just made a tactical mistake. This documentary turned them up and turned Nate Diaz into a knight in shining armor. Like this, like this shining armor vegan, you know? And so... Yeah. They so also he forgot to find out that he lost the next fight to McGregor. <laughs> so Nate Diaz is painted as his knight in shining armor, you know, as his vegan in shining armor. Anyways, he gets 11 days to prep for this fight against Conor McGregor, who claims to have this, those two stakes every day, you know. And Nate wins. Crazy. Well, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Conor had to move up to weight classes. So he moved up to weight class for this fight. He was supposed to fight somebody else originally. Goes against Nate. So he's already out of his comfort zone. And Nate is actually really fucking good. He's actually a really good fighter. Here's the thing is, though, he's not undefeated. He has lost fights before. So then we think, well, hey, this guy's lost to What did the other guy that beat him? What did he, you know, that's that's the mindset that people are using. MMA is such a technical sport. You can't use that as, you know, as, a, as an argument. Well, it's like boxing that you can be winning and then all it takes is one uh, solid hit that you did not see and the fight can turn around. Uh, was it Mike Tyson has the quote of everyone has a plan till they get punched in the mouth? Yeah, yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. But um, MMA using that, using you know being vegetarian. This here's the thing: Nate could be hungover, one arm cut off, and not slept for three days, and that could be in peak performance, and he would whoop. My ass. Yep. No problem. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So Kill all of us. <laughs> exactly. But uh, so, th- then they talk about other athletes. Yeah, they, so, they get into the Olympic athletes. I was going to yeah. say, like, do you want to talk about the Olympic athletes or do you want to talk about the strongman? Let, let, oh, well, the Olympic athletes, let's go on with, uh, they, you know, they, so they got me believing that I could probably win gold in these events if I go, you know, to, you know, if I switch over to vegan and try to go for the Olympics. Not the case. So... Yeah. Yeah, they pretty much tried to depict that you go vegan and all of a sudden your performance is ridiculous and that protein is the fuel that they use. And no, yeah. the, the the specific sports they were using were like the long distance marathon runners. The fuel for those athletes is carbs. Yes. So going vegan, yeah, you can, I, I would expect you would have an increase in uh, performance just because you are consciously and purposefully eating more carbs because you have to in order to adhere to that diet. Yeah, I mean, th- there are going to be some a very few hyper-responders of people that probably will benefit from a vegan diet. They'll just mm-hmm. be better at that. There's also people that are going to do better with a carnivore diet. And there's so much individuality to try and put everybody in the same box like this documentary is trying to do, especially athletes. Mm, not a good idea. I mean, here's the thing about it. Michael Phelps is probably <laughs> dude the beast. Uh, he's not vegan. Yeah. He was not in that documentary. They didn't, I mean, this dude, he's an Olympic athlete, world-class, super, you know, super. Same with Usain Bolt. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you think about all these people that have won gold, what percentage of them are consuming an omnivore diet and what percentage of the, you know, well, and they've won gold. So think of all the gold winners. Then think of the ones that, what percentage of them are vegans? 
not very many. You it's know, a very low percentage. And I mean, if you go back to Michael Phelps, his diet is very—I wouldn't say balanced, but it's it's kind of everywhere. You know what I mean? What, what's his main source? What, what he has ten thousand calories a day. What's his main source? <sighs> Mostly God. carbs, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Of course. And, that's I was, was going to point out that when you look at those athletes, I'd say it's less about. What specifically are they eating? Are they vegan? Are they carnivore? And more, how well balanced and timed their diets are. Because there's that whole carb loading cycle that marathon runners have to go through so that their liver has enough glycogen stored up that as they're in the race, it will release the glycogen for the muscles to use. Or like me and Noel for when it's leg day. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like, but they have the carb cycling, so their carb intake has to change based on whether they're training or whether they're ready for the competition. We're not talking about where the carbs are from. The carb intake just has to be increased. So that points out that with those high-end athletes or ultra-endurance athletes, it's more about timing and distribution, less about right now at this level, where is it coming from? Well, then they've got a, they talk about Patrick Baboumian. There's that strongman guy. This dude, okay, so he's strong. I mean, I could not pick the 700-pound yoke that he does and push over, you know, and he, like, walks it. But this dude, he's not, we just compare him to the guys that he would be competing against. Well, before we go there, the documentary used, again, really good rhetoric that one of the strongest men in the world. Well, strong men in general are the strongest men in the world. Yes. They did not talk <laughs> about where he is ranked with the other strong men. Yeah. For example, the big famous ones, uh, The Mountain, Eddie Hall. Brian Shaw. I mean, yeah, all of them. Brian Obers. Or yeah. Ryan Obers. Yeah, all of them. Those guys have competed in the Arnold Classic strongman competition, and that's like the that's like the pinnacle for that sport. I mean, you go there and you're world renowned you're one of the top 10 strongest athletes in the world this dude hasn't i don't want to say he's weak or anything but when you put him on on you know put put him up to that level against those guys he'd get mopped up he can't hang with them and And that's not our opinion that is there's numbers to prove it yeah (laughs) it sounds like we're coming after it you know (laughs) that's the nice thing about the strength performance sports like powerlifting olympic lifting strongman it is very black and white objective can you beat this person or not? If, let's say, this vegan guy's yoke is at... 800 pounds. 800 pounds. And then you compare him to Brian Shaw, who is at 1,600 pounds. Yeah. For example. Yeah, I mean, I don't know the exact numbers, but it'd be something like that. But It's very obvious. You, The vegan guy is not going to beat Brian Shaw. The strength is just too different. Then, then they go on to talk about, like, you know, they compare keto diet to vegan diet with, like, performance so when you're on a keto diet you're not consuming any carbs at all yeah they don't mention that part all they'll tell you is this person eating meat you know on this keto diet they're eating meat demonizing it still so of course if you stop consuming carbs you're not gonna be able to perform well that's just so the thing about the keto diet is it's very hard to be an ultra endurance athlete on the keto diet because you're using ketones and then you're at risk of ketoacidosis which for those who do not know it's pretty much you get too many acids, you can die. We'll leave it at that, keep it as simple as possible. When you go and, let's say it's a bodybuilding uh, kind of athlete, it's very hard to put on size and keep it if you are strictly only keto. There's one, there's only one actually athlete that's in the IFBB Pro, so International Federation of Bodybuilding from India, who is vegetarian, and his first pro show, he placed 16th. 
it's hard to, if, you know, as a bodybuilder, even put on muscle, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, these, this, then this documentary goes on. Oh, God, it keeps going. It gets worse. Yeah. Then it, it talks about the NFL players. So these NFL players, their diet is KFC. Just, just, <laughs> yeah. They love fried F- chicken. Football players yeah. have the worst diet of yeah, yeah, so almost any other. They're athlete. already using that as like that's already a terrible diet. Of course that's not good, you know? Yeah. So, but then they, so they give these guys a burrito each, kind of a regular burrito, what they would normally have. And they blood their, they take their blood two hours later. Then again, they do that same thing with plant-based burritos later on or the next day. And then they draw their blood two hours afterwards. Here's what they don't do. They don't take the blood before they eat the burrito to see what it looks like. They don't do that. They don't do a fasted blood sample and they do not do a random blood sample of just what their normal day is like so they don't have they're lacking two constants of first off if there's nothing in their system what does the blood look like is it healthy is it bad to begin with then with how their diet normally is what's the difference between the fasted and normal and then do the uh, experiment yeah it's not that's that's not a study there's a lot there's a lot of flaws in it there's a lack of controls there's lack of protocol like it's let's talk about the results so so (sighs) what ends up happening is after they eat the the normal burritos with the meat and everything they end up having cloudy blood you know, so it makes you, oh my God, my blood turns into this when I eat meat and, you know, it's well, scary. So right? they show you that or they show the athletes that and they're like, that's you every time, like all day, 100% of the time. Yeah. With your diet. Not really. Yeah, no, that, that cloudy effect is actually called postprenial lipemia and it's actually perfectly normal after eating fats. Yeah. You know, so it's very obvious that this cloudy effect is called postprenial lipemia and is perfectly normal after eating high amounts of fats because you got the triglycerides that are floating around through your blood. You know, so this. The, the basic process when you eat something is it goes into the stomach, it gets broken down to smaller little parts, goes into your intestines. That's when it gets put into the bloodstream. Yes. So if there's fat in your food, which is a nutrient that you do need to eat, and you eat it, and then we test your blood, there's going to be more fat in your blood for a time. Yeah, although the um, so this, the plant-based burrito that they had with the clean blood, they did put avocado in there, although they don't tell us how much. Yeah. We don't know how much they put in there. They probably put like half a gram in there. Yeah. <laughs> well, because they showed, they showed it, but they didn't show the entire process that this is what's in it, wrap it up, and then give it to the athlete. And this could be nitpicky and splitting hairs, but... If a documentary is trying to push an agenda, they can show you like, oh yeah, it's, this is what we gave them, and put it on this what you see, and then I give them something completely different. When that when that whole thing was going on, they do cite a paper during it. In that paper, it actually shows that olive oil produced the same amount of lipemia as burgers and fries. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> that, but uh, and then here, here's this: salmon actually produce half the lipemia. So if you're trying to lower that cloudy effect with fat. Eating salmon is going to be your best bet. And why do you think that would be? High amounts of omega-3 fatty acids. Yeah, because it increases HDL, the quote-unquote good cholesterol. Yeah, exactly. I mean, here's my problem with though with it with this whole documentary at all is money, 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 money. Everybody is all about the money, especially mm-hmm. in this one. Is all these doctors that are going to be on that are on it? They're all affiliated with some sort of vegan type of company so they're all going to make more money if they release of course why wouldn't they do it you know yeah and it's one of those things that they would have the um comfort of knowing that they're not going to kill people by promoting this like if they were to try to promote a new drug 
I guess, the values or the morals behind it as well. It's not going to kill you. It could actually help you out a little bit. So, yeah, I'll promote this, say whatever you want me to say. Yeah. See, and, and doctors are dick writers for money. I mean, when you go to the doctor, I mean, you they ask you your diet and your exercise program. You tell them you're lifting and you're eating this and this. Well, let's say one sponsored by American Heart Association. They're going to recommend leaner meats and cardio. Yeah. Sounds like you had a personal experience with this. <laughs> oh, I've had many personal experiences. That's why I don't go to doctors. Anyway. <laughs> Doesn't mean don't go, guys. If your arm comes gets cut off please go to the doctor Keep in mind, yeah, Miguel, miguel's on the one that go. has a uh, hurt back from a uh, few weeks back <laughs> <laughs> all right bro checkmate <laughs> <laughs> well anyways i mean this market's huge guys there's a lot of money to be made in this vegan industry so you got these people that are going to take advantage of it and sway the public you've got all these other documents what the health and all these other ones that have come out i mean i'm not totally against veganism if you do it for the purpose of you want to you know save animals and you don't think it's right to kill them or whatever like or you, you, you generally are, just do not enjoy eating meat it's like go for it just yeah, make sure okay. you do your research you got so you know how to do it right yeah you, yeah yeah don't just here's the thing is when people switch out these plant these animal products and go you know to these vegan type of foods the foods that already whole the very little foods that they're that are whole that they're eating that's you know well, whole foods, the only ones they have are meats, typically eggs, things yep. like that. Uh, so Sal Stefano made a whole little Twitter thing about it of the most unprocessed, so like the cleanest foods that an average person is likely to eat, maybe fruit, but it's going to be meat and stuff like eggs. If you push a whole popula- population to go without the meat, without the eggs, some of these cleaner foods, where do you think they're going to go to? The rest of the diet is already crapped, so they're probably going to go more towards the crap. They're going to find the that was it the Beyond Meat burger patties, the vegan patties, this that. It's all uh, it's all products that have gone through machineries and stuff, and they're, it's not real food. It's it's ultra processed. Yeah, they're yeah. made they're made with all these chemicals and stuff that you know. There's little research on them. We don't know what these chemicals do to our bodies 40, 50 years later. So they're eating a lot more processed shit, and they're also missing a lot of key nutrients that they need in their diet from whole foods yeah, yeah. yeah the do. average person when it comes to their diet is very lazy oh. yeah and very i can attest lazy. to that and, and people don't yeah people won't typically be doing their research research on it so if you are eating very limited amounts of whole foods from just meat and you decide to go vegan and now you're eating no whole foods at all now you're now you're very very nutrient deficiency and we nutrient we're talking deficient. about yeah there you go yeah. And we're talking about this because the documentary, documentary did a great job of inspiring you to go vegan because if you're an athlete, you do better, you'll be that much better, more competitive in whatever sport. But with that uh, football team, they also approached it as a scare tactic of look how nasty your blood looks or more specifically the plasma looked. Yeah, and so and, – but they don't have it. They don't provide any context of that. They give yeah. you this visual and it looks like, whoa, what is that? But – and it's, the result is you're going to have a whole population, two whole populations start becoming vegan. One, because they want to get the edge on their competition, their sport. And two, you just scared them that they're likely to die if they don't start eating more vegetables or their health. So the gullible. Yeah. And if, and if you were easily swayed by this documentary, go and watch a keto documentary and then you'll probably all of a sudden change your mind again yeah (laughs) whenever you see something that you finish watching it reading it and you suddenly are swayed of this is it 
take a breath, sit on it for a bit, and then find a credible source of the opposing view. Yeah. I mean, and that just goes for anything else. If you're trying to win an argument, find, you know, just the points, just argue against yourself and you'll just be better educated overall. And no, well, yeah. what do we call this? We what? call it research. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You're doing a little, re- and yeah, and, and, but a lot of people, that's why we're here, guys. We're doing a lot of this research for you guys because we love you guys. Because we want you to still have your McDonald's and your veggies. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Well, <laughs> Miguel's I mean, the one who said that. Noel and I did not say yeah, anything. Yeah, 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 they yeah, didn't yeah, say yeah. It's, it's the journey boy here, right? <laughs> no, but um, I mean, just if you do decide to go vegan, you got to remember that you're probably going to end up eating more processed foods straight up. So keep in mind of that. Try to still eat your vegetables. Try to eat more whole foods still. Avoid those that processed crap. You're going to start eating less protein, so you got to find ways to be able to get your protein level, you know, intake adequate. Keep looking for the foods like legumes, beans, all that. Be eating a lot of that. Just know that you're going to be eating, you know, like to eat adequate amount of protein from things like that, you're probably going to be eating more carbs too, so you're probably going to consume more calories. But that's whole carbs though. I mean, I can make the argument eating... A whole, let's say 100 grams of black beans which isn't very much it's like half a cup if you look at it compared to eating like a bread roll from a fast food chain like which one's gonna have the better calorie count from the carbs oh yeah no that's that's a good point but then when we compare those that same cup of black beans to a thing of chicken chicken breast chicken breast you've got maybe one gram of fat 25 grams of protein and four ounces you've got the cup of beans it's gonna be i'm just gonna throw numbers out there i'm thinking nine grams uh, going a little high of protein and like 16 grams of carbs so you're you're gonna end up naturally eating a lot more carbs so you just gotta you need to keep that in mind not everybody's going for an aesthetic appealing look anyways and i know but you know people want to go for overall health and not everybody needs a bodybuilder's amount of protein but you got to make sure you're getting you know getting protein because a lot then you end up consuming none at all and let's talk a little bit more in detail about that because the documentary did do a good job that pointing out that protein you will get your protein from a vegan diet it's not that you can't get the protein so we're not saying you can't get it you do need to think more on it they also said that there was a myth about complete and incomplete protein sources i find that really hard to uh, just digest because what a plant may have all the amino acids that you need like meat but the issue is that they will not have them all in adequate amounts of what you need to ingest. The meat will have it because to complete meat protein. is well, meat is muscle. Yeah, muscle has what it needs. Yeah, something like uh, beans will have more nitrogen, I believe, higher amounts of nitrogen. Yep. So certain plants are going to have different amounts of different amino acids. So you got to be smart about the types. Like they may of- have all of them, but they don't have. All of them at the optimal, this is what you need. Yeah, like we're not saying go out and eat fucking hummus all the time. Like. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So you got to make sure you're eating a good variety of plants that are high in protein. And do your research and find out which ones are high in certain aminos and find another one that complements them well. You know, um, and then just a few other things is, you know, go see your doctor after you've been running this whole veganism thing for a while. If you do plan on doing it, you know, get your blood levels checked. Make sure your iron's up because your iron tends to go down. And for women who are pregnant, that can result in uh, not birth defects, but delays of development for your baby. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Vitamin D ends up going down. 
B12 goes down. V12 is kind of a... It's, it sucks that that thing goes down. Yeah, actually, that was brought up in the documentary. They do bring it up that plants won't have a lot of it. They're like, but people who eat meat don't have it. They, they, they <laughs> said, like, so make sure you supplement it. It's like, dude, So they on, contradicted themselves. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can get B12 from eggs, from a lot of dairy products, actually. So, I don't know, this... It's kind of irked me a little bit there, you know? Yeah. Just don't get it from energy drinks. <laughs> no. Don't chug bangs or monsters. Eat your food. And yeah. the drain. Speaking of food, I got a barbecue to go later, guys. So I figured I'm going to tell you guys how I approach a day like today. when Because uh, a lot of people I've been getting asked is, hey, I'm going to go out and eat with friends. or I'm going to get together with a family. You know, we're going to have burgers, actually. So I'm going to have meat. Mm. <laughs> Just throwing that out there, guys. <laughs> Anyways, um, so to transition out from this documentary and just into eating and eating better, uh, they're going to have burgers there. So what I've done, knowing what it's going to be, I'm, I'm not going to be very picky on what it's going to be or how much, how big are the patties or anything. But, you know, this morning I just had a cup of coffee. I'm actually pretty fasted, minus the sugar-free creamer in my coffee. But I'm pretty well fasted, so I'm going in here with uh, a nice budget of calories so whenever you're going to go out and eat with friends, you want to first know where you're going to eat and plan for it. My biggest thing, like when I'm in prep and I know uh, someone's going to make food at a house and I, I can plan for that, so I'll have egg whites. listen intently to this because Noel is, can be a pain when he's in prep and you want to go out, have fun, eat, and he has to <laughs> adhere to his diet. <laughs> Because if everyone know about how to adhere to a diet, you talk to a bodybuilder. Yeah, I mean, it, that's the one. Yeah, I mean, every aspect of your life is affected when you're in prep. I mean, sleep, everything. But anyways, as far as diet, something I'll do. Let's say I know that you know the few people want to go to Applebee's, and I'm not in prep, but I'm trying to be careful, trying to cut down for something else. I'll have for breakfast or you know mid morning, I'll have like egg whites. Just protein, and I'll have maybe a little bit of fat and very limited carbs. Because whenever you go out to eat at these places, you end up eating a lot of carbs and a lot of fats and not a lot of protein. So you, I try to kind of budget myself. And if it's ever in a restaurant like Applebee's or Red Lobster, you know, I can pull up my fitness pal. It's not going to be perfect, but I'll have a good guesstimation of what I'm going to eat and what, you know, how many calories it has. We, we always want to be able to eat without having to worry about that stuff. So doing like intuitive eating, being able to just to see food and just say, hey, you know, I've been eating kind of crappy today. Maybe I should have a light dinner. It's kind of what we all want to do. And we don't want to be glued to our phones all the time and tracking every little thing because that is a stressor in its own. But uh, when you can plan for something like that and you have a goal you're trying to reach, you know, you're trying to lose some weight in three months. Things like hacks like this are going to be the way to do it. You know, plan ahead is always what's that saying people say of. Uh, Failing to plan is planning to fail. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it totally resonates with this, you know? And that, that goes for anything you do, really, because you have uh, personal trainers. If they don't plan your program well enough in advance, and it doesn't have to mean that they have every single set, every single lift planned out every day, but they have a general plan of this is the goal for day one, day two, day three for this month block. If they don't do that, you're kind of lucky if you get a, the goals that you want or you accomplish what you want. Yeah. You are, and to me, it's kind of stupid to rely on the luck to uh, get the job done. So you're better off if you have an outline of a plan that is able to change based on what you're given. 
Well, I mean, I'm kind of the amateur here. I'm still on a journey. So I can relate to that hardcore because I used to be the paranoid guy for at least like four months, I want to say. Like if we were if we me and Noel went out to eat with our friend, I'd I'd calculate. I'd try to pre-calculate. I'd look at the Denny's menu. I'd put everything in my phone. If I wanted something a little extra, I'd, I'd just pop it out, put it in my phone. I was paranoid. So when you guys go out to eat, family event, friends get together, whatever, just relax. Yes. You know, just yes. Ha- have fun. Ha- enjoy the moment. Enjoy the little things. Know that it happened. Embrace it. It was a good time. Tomorrow's a new day. Yeah. So the big underlying uh, concept that we're conveying, we're trying to convey to you guys right now is while nutrition is important, being sociable and enjoying your life is even more important to a certain level that if you are stressing so much over your nutrition, you're going to suffer in your social life so that means family friends general loved ones and that's going to have a bigger blowback effect on you later on down the road additionally you're not practicing having a good relationship with your food yeah yeah yeah. that's the key underneath all the nutrition same with exercise and fitness you have to have a good relationship with your food your body and your activity yeah and that's why i advise against a lot of people stepping on stage if you've got bad relationship with food as you are it will multiply like it's gonna be a lot a lot worse that's i mean when i'm in prep i end up having to isolate myself from a lot of people i don't go to my mom's as much to avoid the food she makes it's 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 really good food but there's a lot of (laughs) it yeah yeah Yeah. and there's you know in, in mexican household the mom will overfeed the son's like like will overfeed you like crazy. I mean, any anyone out there with a Mexican mom, you know what I'm talking about. But I mean, then I also try to avoid going out because then here's the thing. Let's say I've had my dinner, I've got my calories done for the day. It's like 7:30, and people are saying, "Hey, let's go out and hang out." And I could choose to not eat wherever we go. I'll just sit there and be bored. But then also, then it's 10, then it's 11. I haven't eaten. Then I start getting hungry. Then the prep kind of gets rough. It is always nice, though, when you have a group of friends that are understanding and they'll pick a place that's, you know, hey, they're pretty consistent with their portions we can eat here. Or, hey, we're, I'm going to have a barbecue at my place. We're going to cook some chicken breasts on the grill. Like, they think about that stuff. That right there is what I define as a good support group. Yep. Either they are like what Noel said or they love you enough to put up with your shit yes yeah. <laughs> yes because yeah when you're in prep you are a pain in the ass for the cook there i mean whenever i go to wednesday night dinners with caitlin's family uh they will they're pretty good about if they make like spaghetti they'll keep the meat apart from the sauce and the noodles and that way i can weigh out everything just it's a pain in the ass but if you're going to go through the prep, something like that, make sure you have a good support group because you are going to isolate yourself. You're not going to want to go out as much. It gets a little depressing, but I mean, it's pretty cool stepping on stage and everything. It's a lot of fun. You get a giant group out there. But here's the thing. If you're going to go through this prep, you're going to isolate yourself from people and stuff. Make sure you actually follow through with it. I know a lot of people who say, oh, they're going to get ready for a show. They end up not really doing anything. Or they don't compete because something happened way later and then they on and off, on and off. So then they kind of become this person that doesn't want to eat out with friends but also isn't competing or anything. So you know it'll take a toll on you psychologically. So we'll highlight very quickly. What does someone who has a good relationship with their nutrition and exercise look like? And well, then we'll talk about the opposite. 
Well, when somebody, like, I'm going to go out, have this food at the barbecue, I'm going to go there, I'm going to get a burger, maybe two, and, you know, Ooh, sit down, <laughs> eat it, enjoy it, but be thinking about how awesome the food tastes and be thinking, be aware about, hey, I can easily go overboard with this. When people go on these eating binges, they've been re- restricting themselves for a while, they don't think. That's the problem is a bad relationship with your food is you literally eat the food and your mind shuts off. When you're eating all this crazy amount, when you're eating this highly palatable food, like you go to McDonald's, you go to wherever, and you're eating, eating, or it's late night and the movie's or, on, popcorn. Like the, yeah, the easiest ones being like popcorn and chips when you're just mindlessly eating them. Next thing you know, the bag's gone. Yes. And it's crazy how much it affects the mind because you guys brought up earlier, I'm the one with the hurt back. Yeah. Um, it's crazy how much of an emotional toll it could take because I was pretty bummed out when I hurt my back. Oh, so yeah. for a week straight, I crash dieted. I looked for comfort in those good foods. Yeah. I mean, so that's a bad relationship with food right there is looking for comfort and taste. And now, since we've been talking about food for a while, on the exercise side, if you have a good relationship with your exercise, and let's say you splurge a little bit, you eat some food that's not really ideal for your goals, a person who has a bad relationship with the exercise in their body will beat the living shit out of themselves. They'll punish they will, themselves. They, they yeah. will punish themselves. They will work harder to burn all the calories. It doesn't really work that way. Or they will suddenly do a whole bunch of cardio and fast and do all this stuff just to get rid of everything. Someone who is good and has a positive relationship with their body, health, and exercise would see it as, okay, I tripped up. Or I, I splurged. I knew I was going to splurge. Well, just going to go back and do the same shit as I always do. Let's say it's leg day. Well, let's squat. Maybe maybe I'll get a badass pump. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> so can, can we highlight that that sound back there? Uh, it's a hamster. It, it's my pet hamster. I'm yeah. sorry. What's his name? <laughs> Jack Jack. See, this is a positive of having a pet snake. <laughs> <laughs> They're quiet as fuck. They do not do shit. <laughs> so so. Jack Jack's been uh, podcasting with us. He podcasts with us on our last episode, and I think he's gonna be with us here. But I'm thinking Miguel's gonna put him in a ball or something. So cause he's rustling around there, causing a, a ruckus. Maybe we'll make him the uh, nerds and iron mascot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a hamster. <gasps> yes, Hamtaro. I'm thinking a hamster. A hamster. You guys are witnessing how we think about stuff for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it is this random. Yeah, he's just getting more comfortable. He's putting yeah? more bedding in there. All right. <laughs> No, but um, anyways, back to back on track. Yeah, back what we're talking about. Yeah, well, if you're if you end up like let's say here, let's let's see another bad example of you know having your relationship with exercise. I'm gonna go to the barbecue. I am eating, you know, maybe like I shouldn't. Then that night or the next morning, I tell myself, I gotta burn off all. And we all know that one person, or you might be that one person that's done this. The next morning, I have to burn off all the food I ate. So your diet, visualize it like you're driving on a dirt road really fast, or shouldn't be really fast, but you're driving there. And if once you start losing, you know, traction and you start, you're about to spin out a lot, big problem. A lot of people do is they'll overcorrect and then spin out all the way. I'm sure we've all heard a story of somebody, you know, doing that. So what you want to do is you want to fix, you want to turn the wheel slightly and get the car back on track and go same thing with your diet. You don't want to overcorrect and, you know, Go extreme one way, binge, then extreme the other way by restricting and then getting on a treadmill for three hours. Think of it also like how Bruce Lee talked about be like water, 
there's nothing softer than water, but over time it can overcome any obstacle. <laughs> you would bring up Bruce Lee. <laughs> yeah. I'm the first one to smile, too. <laughs> but it, it, it's true. Be like water. water. Water flows around everything. It doesn't suddenly stop and reverse direction. On the other hand, lightning does, and lightning pretty much breaks everything that it hits. So be like water, my friends. Same with your diet and exercise. Enough. And yes, the Asian is the one who brought up the quote from an Asian. You heard wisdom from Nakamoto. Nakamoto-san. <laughs> so our main ideas for you guys on this topic are basically... When you're eating out or when you're exercising and having that whole relationship, work on having a better relationship with your food, with your diet, with your exercise programs. And with your loved ones. Don't prioritize one thing way over the other because you begin isolating yourself. Yeah. That's not a good place to be. And when, when you do that, you, find, you will eventually find how lonely it is because you push everyone away. Love yeah. and enjoy the little things, guys. Of course. Now let's go on to the questions. Traveler, you have questions? All right, well, it's time to get to our questions. Question one is getting over the fear of getting fat while bulking. This one is pretty good just because all the clients I have, when I tell them I'm going to make them eat more, they give me this look of horror. (laughs) (laughs) And then for me with my clients, I have to really explain it to them that just because your stomach will pooch out a little bit more does not mean it's fat yeah Question so this is very different from reverse dieting reverse dieting you're doing an increase very very small every week to slowly increase the metabolism bulking you literally are putting on weight you're trying to make most of the weight to be lean mass but you're going to get a little softer now i've taken this to the extreme and normalizing my body after a bodybuilding show i mean one of the dark sides to bodybuilding people don't talk about it enough is you know, when you're super shredded on stage, you're going to watch that physique slowly get softer every week. And if you do it right, you know, hopefully it won't be a ton of body fat. But it's been the hardest part for me is combating, you know, the urge to want to eat more. But knowing that my, my, my metabolism isn't up there. Anyways, back to if you're going to bulk to, you know, and you know you're going to put on some body fat, don't stress about it so much. What you want to do is switch how you're training. Switch your focus to something else. Work on performance. Start, you know, when you're really low in body fat, you end up performing really badly in the gym. You're weak. You're, you don't have endurance. So when you start eating more, learn to enjoy how much better you are in the gym. Performance goes way, way, way way up. And let's see, what is it I always tell my clients? Uh, Trust the system. So if you are running a program or you have a trainer, Ideally, if you have the trainer, trust your trainer. It, for me and my clients, when they are telling me about their stomachs pooching out, it's doing all this stuff, trust me. I am expecting that to happen. When I say I expect it to happen, trust that that means I have it under control. If you can trust your trainer that you may go through this period of time where you're not the happiest with how stuff is looking, but performance is going up, but you're focusing on the looks, Trust that I will get you through that to the end. It's the we're like going through a storm and it's almost over. Yeah, I mean, change your focus. I mean, stop stop obsessing over how you look in the mirror for one. In fact, in the gym, what I do is I try. I end up changing how I dress. I go from wearing you know tank tops and looking like a douchebag 
to wearing, you know, long sleeve shirts and looking like a douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just wear long sleeve shirts or just, you know, just loose fitted t-shirts do that. And that just puts your mind at ease. So but right now, po- right now, the two main ideas focus on something else, specifically performance. Yes. How strong you're getting and, and how much- trust the process, trust the system, trust the process. Look at the bright side. You're getting a little more food. Yeah, you are eating. Yeah, you're eating more. Just don't let don't be a those pessimist. don't let those cravings kind of take you overboard, and you end up, you know, binging and binging and binging. I or mean, on the other hand, freaking out and then just starving yourself and hit classes three day or three workout sessions a day. Stay calm. Yeah, I mean, focus. I mean, biggest one that's working for me right now is I'm focusing on getting stronger. I'm lifting more like a power lifter these days. I'm trying, I mean, I'm, I'm still tracking what I'm eating, slowly increasing, but my physique is getting softer. I mean, I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not where, you know, I'm not obviously nowhere near where I was on stage. I'm a lot leaner at this weight than I was, you know, two years ago. So there's a big improvement there, but I'm not, I'm not obsessing over my image. I mean, it, I just take off my shirt and I don't really care what I look like in the mirror. Obviously I'll pay attention to it if I'm getting like pudgy way too fast. If I'm putting on, you know, three pounds in a week, maybe there's a problem there. That's a little different, but overall, I'm not really obsessing over that. And it's really, really liberating to the mind when I'm able to just ah, relax, go to the gym, put on some loud music and focus on kicking ass, trying to catch up to Andrew and deadlifts. (laughs) (laughs) And what I would also tell you to just think about is if you are working out and you know that you're trying to put on size, you're trying to get bigger, why... For for you individually as the person, why is it such a bad thing if you put a little bit of fat on? Where is the insecurity coming from? You ask yourself, and it's, you have to ask yourself that. Dig deeper. Why am I freaking out so much if I'm going to lose some of this physique? If that's what I have to do to get where my new goal is, if I'm trying to bulk, I know I'm going to put on some fat. Why am I scared that I'm going to put some on some fat? Yeah, yeah, you you got to think long term here. I mean, the reason I'm I'm in a calorie surplus right now is you know I need to work my upper body. Judges told me my shoulders too small, my legs were overpowering, so which is 100% accurate. <laughs> For anyone who does not know what Noel looks like, his upper body is pretty solidly built, but his legs, specifically his <laughs> thighs, are like for someone. A foot taller and a hundred pounds heavier. Quadzilla. <laughs> Homie doesn't skip yes. like day. <laughs> exactly. F- follow me at your thinus. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's why what we wanted to have him do for graduation with his cap was um, have a T-Rex on it because he has little short arms and these giant ass thighs. And I actually considered it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so focus on your performance. Don't obsess over how you look. And what's personally worked for me is just work focus on getting really really strong that's always the fun part is being able to pull a lot more weight i mean a lot of these clients i have you know it's particularly the female ones when they start getting stronger they're like oh i got one she can deadlift like one, over 185 she can deadlift her her body weight no no problem so she's you know she's pretty excited about it's that. it's a massive confidence boost so what you may lose in the uh physique confidence you gain in the strength and the strength is much better standing yeah so i'd say with that main concepts focus on something else specifically performance ask yourself why is it such a bad thing if this is part of the plan and then trust the system 
whether it's your program or your trainer. Yeah. Uh, so moving on. Number two, classes to take to get the most knowledge for personal training. Do it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> is, is what do you think, Andrew? Is so you? there's two approaches to this. I'd say if you talk to Mind Pump or you listen to Mind Pump, they'll say just go out and do it. Shadow, um, intern in some cases, but best way to learn is to do it. Then others will say you can learn a lot more of the information by taking classes. There are personal training classes. There's a benefit to them, but they typically spend a little too much time on what I would consider to be the wrong focuses so best classes i'd say probably the 390 class that noel and i took since it focused on programming that is one of the big ones on this and i'm just talking about the science take a class on programming the essentials of strength and conditioning is a great way to go it teaches you linear progression and that's as a trainer that's what a lot of your clients are going to use whether it's for physique or performance linear progression but now the unspoken one that if you ask any seasoned coach or trainer is the best class to take public speaking yes being able to communicate what you know to your client to me is more important than how much you actually know if you memorize all these textbooks so you know everything about all these methods and periodization and linear progression and this and that and you know all the muscle names and everything if you can't communicate that to your client it's absolutely useless they're not going to you know then what's the point you have to know how to convey whatever message you have however complex it is, into digestible bite-sized pieces for whoever you're teaching it to. Because if you can't tell them that, they're not going to care. <laughs> it's and not going to work. The other part to that is, while we have said multiple times, fuck motivation, be disciplined, and that is a very true statement, your job as a trainer at one point is you have to at least get the motivation going. Because for the majority of people, they will say that's an awesome idea, that's an awesome statement, fuck motivation. But discipline is work. It takes a lot of work. In many cases, the do something principle is best. Just do something, get the discipline to do something. But that can also stem from having a motivation. You as the trainer have to nurture the motivation, turning it into discipline. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're talking about taking 390, so an actual specific class. I'm going to go against that a little bit because I don't think classes are even that important. Like, you doesn't mean you need to go to college to be a personal trainer. You literally... And all you really need is a certification, you know, yeah. that's, that's really all you need. So nothing is going to be experience, nothing at all. You could be, you could have read every textbook and everything and memorize everything. But if you're not an experienced trainer, that's where you're going to do a lot of your learning. And in fact, this goes out to a lot of other fields too. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of physical therapists who learned more their first year of actually being on the field than the four years they were studying, you know? Yeah. So you're going to need a lot of experience. Talk to trainers Put yourself in the situation. I mean, I'm not saying go out and train a friend, but when you're teaching somebody something, pay attention to how you have to word things differently because right there and then you're doing it just there. But when you're doing that for eight hours in a day for many, many clients, you're going to need to develop that skill. Or if you're the new trainer, like you just got your cert, just got a job, find one of the older trainers at wherever it is you're working and talk to them. Ask them, can I please have a meeting with you and ask you questions like do's and don'ts that you've learned over time uh what works best for general population if you are a general population a personal trainer but pick their brains because they went through what you are currently going through yeah and address any problems that you're running into in the beginning if you're realizing oh i'm not i'm having trouble with you know how to convey you know how to teach them to squat i mean 
don't just try and learn as you go. Really say, take the time out of your day and practice how to word it differently. And it's going to be trial and error. You're not going to know until you can say how to squat, you know, in less words. And, you know, once being able to explain to a five-year-old, if you can't explain it to a five-year-old, you probably are overworking, overcomplicating things. So at the end of the day, remember the numbers, the X's, the O's, the programs, all the science, that is great. And that is needed to a level. It's not, don't neglect it because you need to know it. But at the end of the day, we're working with people. That don't know anything about this stuff. And people aren't computers. They're not X's and O's. You have to know how to convey to them the knowledge that they need at the right time. You have to know how to keep them motivated and teach them how to be disciplined. So if you're looking at a college course, something along those lines with public speaking or argument, some kind of argument based of knowing how to create an argument. All right. Well, let's go on to question three. This is how to improve sleep quality in less than ideal situations. Andrew, so, you brought this one up. Yeah, okay. So the uh, I'll give some background to this because the person who brought this up to me is a good friend of mine. And he was stating how he lives in a, in a place where his neighbors are loud and his roommates like to apparently have a lot of sex. Nice. <laughs> I'm just going to be right out there. So it, it, keeps, him, it, it keeps, keeps him up. Yes. So how does he go around that? I asked him, what's your routine? He said you would have the TV on. So normally we'd say, turn the TV off. Yes. He goes, but that's his white noise. That's how it, his brain just calms down and he goes to sleep. So I'd say the first thing to fix about that is turn the TV off and get a white noise generator. Yes. Or something like Brain FM, where they will they have a whole thing of music that will just put you to sleep. Yeah, you, I mean, uh, the white noise machine is what you want to do. I'm more, I'm a fan of that. What you end up doing is when you fall asleep and you hear changes in your surroundings, you're it's like we're wired to wake up automatically. That's why people that live near the oceans end up passing out a little, a little easier. You got the rhythmic way, the sound of the waves. Everything is very constant because. For everything to stay very constant in complete silence, all you need is the house to creak a little bit, the water to drip a little bit, and that's a disturbance in your surroundings, a disturbance in the force. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, but uh, and that lets your body know that something's not right. Yeah, but yeah. if you have the white noise to kind of mask everything around you, like the ocean would for your ears, even fans, turn a fan on, and you end up sleeping a little better. Now you don't have all these little tiny noises, or I mean, it depends on how loud these people are. I mean, if they're going to town. Uh, yeah. earplugs might be one of them's a yeah. screamer like hey. yeah yeah <laughs> you got an amy anderson and it sounds weird <laughs> so another thing that you can look at is if your mind is racing so you're trying to go to sleep and everyone said like i just can't turn my brain off well one thing is stop trying to fight it i've gone through this a few times and i'm one of the those guys i can lay down pass out in five minutes if i want to that's just sheer exhaustion. Bro. Yeah, I'm right that, there that, that, that's just, I'm that tired. But there are times where my brain is just going. Well, lay in bed, close your eyes, deep breath, relax, and then just let your brain go. Before you know it, you actually just thought yourself to sleep. Yes. Yeah, so earplugs if you need them. Relax the body and invest in a white noise machine on Amazon for like 20 bucks. Trust me, they are game changers. I'll tell you maybe, that. maybe if you have a roommate, have it be where they're single. Yeah. <laughs> no, have one in a relationship that Well, I'm thinking okay, find on... someone who is single who has like no options or chances. <laughs> Get you a nerd, baby. <laughs> nerds and iron. We're promoting nerds for roommates. And with that 
Give us a follow on Instagram. You can find me at Noel underscore cast iron fit. You can find me at knack attack fit. And I'll also be making a new account in a little bit. So I'll keep everyone posted on that. And you can find me at Brown Psycho 100. Rest in peace, Creamy Torta.